ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the RBR Recap. Presented by Round by Round Boxing and RX Water. Welcome to the RBR Recap, a special edition precap for a huge pay-per-view fight. Heavyweight Titans Tyson Fury takes on Dillian White on Saturday, April 23rd. It's scheduled for 12 rounds for uh, Fury's lineal championship and WBC title. This has been a long time coming for Dillian White. He's been the mandatory in this and that for seemingly, you know, 10 years. And I think even Tyson Fury made a joke about it uh, on the recent conference call. Dillian White has had the most patience of anyone ever. And so he's gotten opportunity after opportunity to maintain that position. Never got the crack at Deontay Wilder. Obviously, that trilogy between Fury and Wilder is over. And now Fury steps up to face White, who is a big power puncher has two losses on his ledger um, to Anthony Joshua and Alexander Povetkin, and obviously looking to upset the apple cart. He is the big betting underdog. And so we want to talk a little bit about this fight, how we see it going, and maybe some of the particulars, uh, things to watch. So, Gabe, I'll kick it to you. What do you think about this matchup? Um, it is now 1 p.m. Eastern time on Friday. The fighters have weighed in. Obviously, in the heavyweight division, you don't have to make weight, but there are some ins and outs and things that we can look at with the weight and the size of each man. This is going to be a historic fight for boxing in the UK. They sold about uh, 94,000 tickets at Wembley Stadium. So really big historic fight. They're breaking records. For Tyson Fury, I suspect that it's going to be a homecoming fight for him, a homecoming defense. It's been four years since he's fought there. And since then, he developed a relationship with Top Rank and ESPN, did a whole tour in the United States, including uh, the three fights with Deontay Wilder. And he's coming back and showing his people where he's, been, uh, where he's been, what he's done since then. And uh, that's what I suspect. And, and there's going to be some differences in terms of size and reach between the two. Tyson Fury possesses a seven inch reach advantage and a five inch height advantage. So uh, we all know what kind of dynamic we're going to see in this kind of fight. Uh, Dillian White's going to have to cut the distance um, and land shots on the inside, very short shots. Uh, we've seen him do that against the likes of Anthony Joshua, but Tyson Fury is a different animal. He's much more fluid, has a lot better head movement and has better footwork. Uh, and so, and, and we all know that he's coming in lighter into this fight than his previous fight. So we know that he's going to come in and try to box a little bit. Um, I think that the majority of people are going to say that he's going to win, but it's the way in which he wins that's at, that, that people are going to be guessing about, right? Can he finish him by knockout or is he going to cruise uh, to a decision? Um, I think both of those are going to be in play for this fight. Yeah. And, um, you know, the betting odds are on a minus 150 on a Tyson Fury stoppage. I like that bet, actually, because I think that he'll wear Dillian White down and it'll force White to exert a lot of energy to have to cut that distance, cut that size. Now, at the weigh-in, you know, things were uh, mentioned about size and kind of how they came into this fight compared to their uh, last respective fight. So Fury comes in 13 pounds lighter, but he's still obviously the more imposing figure, the bigger guy. So I think he can still, even if he wanted to do what he kind of did to Deontay Wilder, which is weigh on him, wear him down, he's still able to do that and maybe doesn't have to fade so much in the second half of the fight if he does take a bit of damage in the first half of the fight. Because like we said, Dillian White can crack. And if he does catch him, it's been shown that Tyson Fury you know, could hit the deck. Now he has an incredible ability to get back up and keep fighting and, and turn the tables back into his favor. But... Uh, it wouldn't be totally shocking to see Dillian White land something and drop Tyson Fury. Now, if he's able to finish him, that's a whole different story. And so 
I think he has to do something like that within the first half of the fight. If not, it's just going to go downhill from there. Uh, I think Tim Bradley made mention during the weigh-in, like he didn't like the uh, Fury versus Wilder 3 version of the Gypsy King. He thought he was fat, overweight, and he thought he was, you know, on the downturn um, after the six, like towards that second half of the fight, he thought he slowed down and, and showed fatigue. And so uh, I think maybe Fury, even though he's talked up being the heaviest he was going to ever be and all that stuff, I think he knows and uh, Sugar Hill, his trainer, know it's going to be important to be in good physical shape, not just be super heavy, super overweight, uh, and lean on white to uh, to fatigue him, basically. Obviously, that's an interesting factor that he's coming in lighter, 17 pounds lighter, right, than his last uh, fight. Thir 13 pounds. 13 and, pounds lighter. And then I don't know if I mentioned, but white, six pounds heavier. So maybe he's anticipating having to deal with some of that weight on top of him. But that goes in line with the dynamic we just mentioned, that Tyson Fury is going to want to box him. He's going to be lighter. And I suspect that he might even want to showboat a bit. Maybe dance a little bit, get on the ropes, do a little health movement. That's not to say that he doesn't have a dangerous opponent in front of him, right? And then he's not going to want to stop him and uh, deliver a great show. But if he feels his rhythm, if he feels good, and he has 94,000 people in front of him, why not showboat a bit en route to a, a knockout victory? Most definitely. And I think we can both agree that regardless of who wins this fight, uh, I'm picking Tyson Fury, I think he'll get the stoppage victory. Like I mentioned, I would uh, put some money down and I have actually on that prop on that minus 150 stoppage for Fury. But I think regardless of who wins, we want to see them unify and, you know, become undisputed uh, or go for the undisputed fight against the winner of Joshua and Usyk in that second fight. Is that something we can agree on? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, if Usyk wins, it's going to be an interesting I mean, if he defends his title, it's going to be an interesting style matchup between Tyson Fury and, and Usyk. Usyk's really going to have to cut the distance if that happens. We don't want to overlook what happens this week, right? Um, but um, it'll be what we all want as boxing fans by the end of this year is an undisputed um, heavyweight champion. We want an undisputed super welterweight champion. So we don't want Charlo Castaño ending in a fucking draw or anything again. Right. And we want Spence to fight. Bud Crawford this year. That's the boxing wish list, I think, for all boxing fans. We at least want to see that. And if and if you want to get greedy, because we're fucking greedy, <laughs> throw in better beef with Canelo in December in London. Fuck it. Unified light heavyweight champion in the world. But, you know, that doesn't happen in boxing. Yeah, if we can get some of those, we'll be happy. But 2022 has a lot of potential advertising fights that could, you know, come down the pipeline and should happen, uh, hopefully. So definitely, like you said, we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves. But, you know, I can just already start imagining that dynamic um, the Fury-Usyk fight, how that would play out. Usyk, obviously, a master boxer. He's obviously got to defend his titles against Joshua. I mean, everyone's been talking about Fury-Joshua for years, too. So even that is an incredible fight. But, um, you know, a live dog in terms of Dillian White in front of him. And I think you mentioned also this being a homecoming fight for Fury after his tour in the States. Great fight, I think, for him to come back. Obviously, I think it's sold out not only because of Tyson Fury and they had to expand and, and make all these extra seating uh, arrangements, but also because of Dillian White, you know, he sells um, now he doesn't, he hasn't done a, a great part in this uh, buildup and, and promotional wise, because he said things haven't gone as they should. And so that's another, you know, topic of discussion and another discussion for another time. But um, you know, now during fight week, at least we've gotten the press conference face off, we've gotten the face off during the weigh in. And so he's fully engaged, involved, and seems to be ready for what's definitely the biggest opportunity of his career. So I think, you know, you could, 
obviously go a, a super soft touch in your return back home. Um, but this isn't that. This is a live dog, a guy that can crack and should be entertaining while it lasts. Yeah, and I don't suspect that Dillian White had any kind of strategy in terms of mind games by not showing up to the promotional events. I'm going to take his word for it. And also, you got to understand, this guy was very frustrated because he was the number one contender for right. so long. I take his word for it. He said that he still needed to iron some things out with Frank Warren and, and that team, and he ended up getting on the phone call with them and gave him credit for being able to iron out those things before showing up. Uh, to events. I'm taking his word for it because I don't think Tyson Fury, even if Dillian's White's plans were to get into his mind and 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 do some sort of mind games, it's not going to work against Tyson Fury. This guy has a solid mentality. He's strong and he's demonstrated that demonstrated that by his ability to really go down um, to the very depths of, of how bad you can get as a, as a fighter in terms of his past and what he was dealing with and come back to become heavyweight champion uh, of the world. So that's not a guy who's weak mentally. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I mean, there's another dynamic, too, of just not having to put up with defending yourself against Tyson Fury in these situations where it's like, you know, the the pre-fight presser and the calls and all this. Now, White did participate in a couple of these, but minimizing that face-to-face and that kind of, you know, verbal battle, I think is a good idea. Mm. A lot of people, and I think, you know, they mentioned on ESPN a few times, and some some people were saying it just shows maybe mental weakness on White's part, but I don't think it's mental weakness. I just think him focusing all of his energy on the, the pre-fight buildup and the, the verbal battles, it's just, it's it's useless. It's useless energy spent. Why not focus your all of your energy and time and dedication to training and really preparing for what's going to be the toughest fight of your life? Uh, I think that uh, is important. And whether or not that strategy was to mess with Tyson Fury, I agree with you. I don't think it was, but... It was maybe to save himself from having to just, you know, get built up and upset over words. And, you know, that we've seen that time and time again with Fury uh, pre-fights, you know, he's going to talk his talk. And, you know, then you kind of got to go back and forth because then, you know, just the optics, you look weak if you don't say anything back. uh, And then people just create a story out of that. But I think he took himself out of that equation and was like, you know what? Yeah. And and maybe things weren't right uh, in his opinion on how things were done um, contractually or whatever and having to wait so long for a crack at the WBC title. But I don't mind it. You know, if he's actually been preparing and he's 110 percent, by all means, that's cool. Like we're all going to watch the fight. There's no real buildup or hype that's needed on top of what's already there. So absolutely. uh, I can see how not even engaging helps you not even have that worry or that having to deal with that back and forth, keeping that away from you in terms of your mindset. So I I can see that definitely. Yeah. So it'll be an interesting fight. Should be a fun fight. Uh, Kicks off at 2 PM Eastern time tomorrow. And that's an ESPN pay-per-view purchase in the States. Remember you can use the RBR boxing uh, affiliate code. Just click the link in our bio on Instagram and make that purchase and help us keep the lights on here at the RBR recap. We appreciate it. We'll be back with a RBR uh, full episode, a recap on Sunday. And of course there'll be lots to talk about then Gabe. Thanks for joining. And we'll be back. Thank you for listening to the RBR recap. Make sure to follow us on social media at RBR Recap and visit RBRRecap.com for the latest episodes.